millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Good to be back. Cole Petum here as always, and of course, this is an opposition match preview ahead of our game on Wednesday at the Etihad against Manchester City. Of course, it's been a little while since uh, Villa have played, of course, but nonetheless, another Premier League game finally. Now we're going to have like four games in hand, at least it feels like. But regardless, of course, as I said, this is an opposition preview. So we have an opposition fan, that being David Mooney from the Blue Moon podcast. I got that right. Don't know why I wrote down the wrong thing last night. But nonetheless, David, how are you? I'm not too bad. Thank you very much. Uh, keeping safe, keeping well, you know the drill. So uh, yeah, hope you're doing the same. Oh, absolutely. We're all locked down, whether you're in Canada, you're in the UK, wherever you are, you're probably in lockdown, unless you're in Australia. It seems like they're pretty well lucky. But of course, we're all trying to keep sane and safe uh, during these trying and testing times. But nonetheless, let's get on uh, to Manchester season, city season, I should say, so far, because David, it's kind of been an interesting one because I think a lot of people are looking at you guys at the start. I, I wouldn't say necessarily a slow start, but maybe not some pundits what what some pundits would have expected, I guess you could say. And now you look at it, you're sitting in second and you haven't lost, I think, since mid-November when you guys lost to Spurs. So what do you make of your season so far? Uh, no, I'd say it's been, it was a slow start. Um, they, they did really well against Wolves on the opening day or the opening evening. And it was it was kind of like uh, the bigger picture was that last season obviously didn't go to plan. And there were one or two issues that, that Guardiola just hadn't sorted out throughout the entirety of the season. And so we ended up in this situation where we finished the season in second, but we were quite considerably some distance behind the Liverpool side that, that won the title. Um, we couldn't really defend. We couldn't keep clean sheets and we were missing guilt edge chances. And I mean, like, like you talk about really easy chances, like, like open goals from three yards. <laughs> we were hitting the crossbar and firing them over and like, managing not to miss those chances. And so the summer came and we all went, well, he's, he's got all these problems to sort out. He needs to, he needs to get centre backs in because Fernandinho is needed in the, in uh, the, the centre midfield role. He can't drop into centre back. It leaves us with a big gaping hole there. Um, you know, John Stones isn't really cutting it anymore. And, you know, Eric Garcia wants to leave as a as the up-and-coming young uh, young centre-back. Laporte spent most of the last season out injured, so they were covering for that. They need a left-back because they've never solved the left-hand side problems. And we just thought there's so much for him to solve that like, I just don't think he can do it in one transfer window. So wind forward to the Wolves game. They put in this really impressive display. John Stones is in the team and plays really well. And we're going, hang on, this this... This looks good. It's looking promising. The next game, they go and get battered 5-2 by Leicester and have all these defensive issues. They give away three penalties in that game. Um, and like it wasn't even one of those games where you go, you know, this season with the new interpretation of handball and VAR and how easy it is to give away a penalty. None of them were, were, were like that. They were all stonewall, trip them up in the box penalties. Um, so it just thought, oh, this, is, this season's going to be topsy-turvy. And in the end, what Guardiola did was he... 
he kind of battened down the hatches and he he made sure that city were difficult to beat more than more than anything else after that you get to that spurs game and they were all right against spurs i'm not going to say they were brilliant they weren't they were they were all right they were unlucky to lose it given that i think spurs had two chances scored on both and city created a fair bit and managed to miss it all and we thought that was the same old pattern again and he what he what he kind of did was um just just tightened everything up. First off, he found this this partnership in uh, Stones and Diaz that um, uh, it came out of nowhere. Really, he kind of he kind of did it out of necessity. He didn't have Laporte available, I think, through COVID, um, and Nathan Ake was injured, and it was kind of a case of well, I, I you know I've got these two and only these two to pick, uh, and he picked them and they played really well, and then they played really well again, and then they played really well again, and it got to the point where he started saying in press conferences, I. I you know, I'm picking players on form, and because of that, Laporte was fit. But you couldn't, you couldn't drop either of the two centre backs. Um, and you kind of get to where we are now. Once he'd sorted the defence out and made sure that that they weren't that they were they were solid and they weren't conceding goals, he's kind of loosened things up in the front end of the pitch a little bit. So you know, over the course of the next six eight weeks or so, they've started to find the goals a little bit more because there's been a bit more movement, a bit more, a few more players willing to get a bit further forward. And we've seen Gundogan's been been scoring a few recently. Foden's been in a bit of form recently as well in front of goal. And it's all kind of like been little baby steps that Guardiola's put the team through this season. And then you look at everybody else and they've all had, they all had a really good start and over the past few weeks have dropped off and it's kind of really worked in City's favour. Yeah, I mean, would you kind of put your season down so far? And I, I wouldn't say this entirely because I think it applies to Villa as well. I, would, I like, I don't understand how we've done so well so far. Um, and of course, I say that now we have like six games and I think fourteen or seventeen days or something ridiculous like that. So it could turn to uh, kind of turn our season into a bit of a, a negative in some regard. But would you say this whole COVID life pandemic has kind of, I wouldn't say benefited you, but kind of compensated you a little bit in terms of, if you look at the league, like it's so mental right now, obviously a lot of transfers probably didn't go as through as kind of predicted in the summer due to COVID. So would you say it's kind of as much as it could be a hindrance it's also kind of helped you in a weird way? I think, um, I, I think I, to, to kind of answer that, I want to reframe the question a little bit because I don't think it's been a help or hindrance to anybody. I think city are best. I, th- I think city are one of the best place to be able to cope with it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, just because, first off, the depth of the squad. Uh, I mean, Villa this season have had uh, awful problems with with positive tests and, and the number of players that they've had out. Um, and obviously with the training ground being shut as well. Um, City went through that before Christmas, but they first off, they kind of got away with it because they had uh, a, a few players test positive, but it didn't end up spreading through the squad as it might have done. Um, and the training ground was closed and disinfected and reopened again a few days later. So it was like they got away with it in that sense. But also City have had players missing throughout this season at various points with COVID and they've got the squad to be able to go, well, you know, if Gundogan isn't available, then Fernandinho and Rodri can come in. If, you know, if Laporte's not available as he, as he wasn't at the start, then Stones, Diaz, Garcia, they're all there to, you know, for, um, for picking as well. Whereas other teams, I guess, don't have that that strength that city have had in or, or have had since the takeover in 2008. So I, I think it's, I, it's almost to a benefit like that, but it's, I mean, again, you, you're talking about a, a virus that we don't really know how it's going to affect these players. We know, we know that for instance, Gundogan, um, he's, he's been talking about the, the after effects of COVID and what, what he's been suffering with afterwards. 
Uh, whereas somebody like Laporte, for instance, we don't know. He, he had COVID at the start of the season at the same time as Gundogan. We don't know if he's getting any of the after effects. Uh, you listen to to what's coming out of Newcastle and the uh, and, and the way that some of their players are talking about long COVID. Um, you kind of think, well, City have been very lucky on this. If, if there's only really Gundogan that's had a, a few long-term problems. It just like it really is unprecedented, and I think in it, 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 the way everything is shaping up, I think it's it's kind of fortunate for City that they've got the resources they've got because it means they're able to cope with things a lot better than than a lot of other teams. You look at, at somebody like Villa, like you say, you've had a good start. Um, the real test is now in the next next couple of months where the games are just gonna they're gonna be relentless, and you know it's it, it's almost like. How, if you don't have the resources that a team like City or Liverpool or United have got, how on earth are you, is it possible for anybody to cope with that, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. I like actually really like how you rephrase that because that's basically what I was getting at too. And I think one thing maybe we can talk about briefly here is obviously, of course, it's centered around COVID too because you guys have also had a, a match postponed, of course, due to your uh, smaller outbreak than, than ours, unfortunately, <laughs> I guess you could say. Um Funnily enough, it was against Everton as well. We've had that as well. And of course, we had to deal with Newcastle. We were meant to play them. We decided to postpone. And then, of course, we didn't play Spurs. And then you had Mourinho come out. And that's typical Mourinho to come out and complain about anything. But regardless of that and all those kind of aspects, you do have people coming out of nowhere saying, oh, it's... it's favoring teams. Why, why is just like play your kids again? Like what, do, what are your thoughts around that, that things should go ahead? Because like in my mind, I'm thinking it, there's more to life than just football. Like it's a virus. I, I yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Just it's kind of even, even aside from this game and even our teams really, because I need to talk about this with somebody because it just <laughs> boggles my mind how people go, well, just play on. I'm thinking, like, I just don't understand how people look at footballers and think they're just robots and, oh, yeah, you know what, they'll be fit. You know, they're, they're fine. Like, what are your thoughts on that and just kind of general interest? Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely with you on this one. I think, it's, um, I think it's almost scandalous the way that this football season has been or was initially presented. Um, the idea that in the middle of a worldwide global health crisis, that uh, there is one of that there's a deadly virus that is um, uh, you know contagious to the point that it, it can overwhelm health services across the world. Um, that we would turn around at the start of the season and go, yeah, we are going to start this season late. We're, we're going to have to start this season late because the last one finished late, so we're going to have to start it late. Uh, but don't worry, we're going to cram everything in to finish <laughs> on time so that we can fit the Euros in at the at the end of the season. Um, and you you might think that that some of the schedule might need a little bit of leeway here and there, but don't worry, we're going to get rid of the League Cup second leg in the semi-finals because that that will ease everything. Uh, and there'll be no FA Cup replays. And we all kind of went, oh, yeah, that seems all right. When actually, now, when you get to the December and, and teams are having to start having games called off because of, uh, of issues, you're going, well, where on earth are these games going to get played if you're going to finish the season on time? Why did we not turn around at the start of the season and say, hang on, this, this schedule has, got, uh, has not got enough leeway in it. There needs to be far more wriggle room. Ditch one of the Cups or ditch both of the Cups. It doesn't like, you, you, it just kind of has to be done for this season. Um, and or you need to have you need to have somewhere along the way that rearranged games can happen, because I mean I I worked it out I know I know it's 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 unlikely but say City get to the final in every competition that they're in, um, there's literally not enough 
game slots now between now and the end of the season for them to play all of those games. They'd end up having to play, I think, the last two or three weeks of the season on like Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, like just like every couple of days to cram these games in. And I just think it's it's like nobody has thought this through and it just all centers back around to the fact that we have TV rights and sponsorships that we have to fulfill and suddenly that's 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 all it, that's all we care about. Yeah. And kind of bring it back around to the to, to the wider point. What I would have loved, I would have absolutely loved City when the game was called off with uh, with Everton, uh, just on Boxing Day it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, when that game was called off and um, Everton released that statement that said uh, that they were that, that they wanted a, like like a, the full facts and everything like that, and just with this air of suspicion that City were just trying to get a little bit more uh, rest time in, in in time of everything. I just kind of wish City had turned around and gone. Uh, you know what? If the points matter to you that much, have them. We'll forfeit the game. Have the points just because it it kind of it really makes a wider point about what the situation is that we're dealing with right now. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter who wins the league. It doesn't really matter, you know, who wins the cups because there'll be cups again next season. There'll be the league again next season. City will be title challengers again next season, come what may. Um, and we've kind of got into this situation where the football must go ahead and we're, we're completely losing sight of the bigger picture. And I, I wonder if, if like, we need to take a step back from everything just to, just to kind of, you know, reassess the situation. Villa are in an awful situation with with what's happened at the training ground. City have been through it. Newcastle as well have been through it, like we said. Um, I think Fulham had a, had issues as well like that. It's like it's affecting everybody. So it's in everybody's interests to 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 give us a little bit of rest time to be able to close, you know, postpone games and move games and uh, and everything like that. But you know, we didn't see it, did we? And, and like, it's easy to say with twenty twenty hindsight, but let's be honest, this wasn't a difficult situation to envisage, was it? No, I think that's very like a very interesting point because when I look at the whole kind of mindset of it, it's just like it's almost like they're sitting there thinking, you know what? There's we're gonna be fine. Like it is what it is. I'm honestly I'm shocked that they haven't had a kind of contingency plan, and maybe there is, and they just haven't said it. Of <laughs> you know what? Like we're gonna use this extra four weeks outside of the season. So if they're because like eventually we don't know, we can't predict this outbreak. If four teams kind of just have a massive outbreak, say in two weeks from now, what do you do then? Then that's what I mean, like with your guy with Manchester City's. But it's, it's, not, it's not just that as well, though, because like take, for instance, what, what Villa got now? Is it is it three games in hand Villa have got because of, of three or four? Games? I think so. Yeah. 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 Because some, so, some teams are on, I think, 19 games. We're only on 15. So you could have you could have games called off. Yep. Through no fault of your own, like your opposition for a rearranged game could suddenly have an outbreak, and you can't play that game. Exactly. <laughs> so that, that's another game that you're now going to lose because you know through not because you've not followed the protocols. I mean, even the other team have followed the protocols, but they've still it's still been breached, and the bubble's been breached, and there's there's just absolutely nowhere for these games to go, and you could end up in this situation where you know with with a fortnight of the season left, Villa, City, Newcastle, Fulham, Everton all have six, seven games to play. Yeah, like, I, I mean, you guys, of course, are a little bit more, um, I guess, benefited in the sense of a very deep squad, of course, like we've said. Yeah. Um, some of our bench is still very championship, and, of course, we're still dealing with that. And, of course, that takes time to get rid of and kind of bring new players into a higher standard as you stay in the league, of course. But I guess we'll get onto the game now. We'll, 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 we'll put COVID to the side, I guess, for now. But of course, it's always going to have a theme. If, if only. <laughs> if only. If only we could just do that, because I'm so tired of this 
stupid virus. But nonetheless, of course, let's get on to the game. Of course, we haven't played since um, I think it was January 1st <laughs> um, against Manchester United. Where, to be fair, we gave them a good game, and I think we at least deserved a point if Paul Pogba didn't kick himself and fall over. But nonetheless, um, it's been a long time. I don't really know what to expect personally from a Villa standpoint because all we know is Trezeguet has got COVID. We don't know who else has. And of course that will probably become apparent in the next day or so anyways, but David, what are your general thoughts on the game? How are you feeling about this one? Uh, this is the one that I, um, I'd be more nervous for this one if Filler had played recently, um, purely because it's like, it's like City are getting a bit of a running start on this one. Um, just because having not played for a while, it, it's like when you come back at the start of the season, everybody's had, the summer off and everybody takes a couple of weeks to get into the swing of things. So we're all, we're all all right. If you've got one team that have started a European campaign a bit earlier, they often quite often get, get to a, a decent start. And so that's kind of how I'm feeling for this one. I'm, I'm kind of quietly confident on the basis that city have been playing regularly and playing well recently. Uh, whereas Villa have, have, have just had to kind of be training on their own and, you know, doing the best they can without actually having proper, proper match football. Um, so it, it, it's, I'd been more nervous for it if Villa had played recently, uh, purely because of the start that Villa had made. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of glad that we didn't end up playing on that opening day of the season because uh, with City's slow start and Villa's fast one, it could have been quite a different game, you know? Yeah, it's funny you say that, to be honest, because, well, I mean, this is hindsight again. You're looking at it and going, okay, we just survived relegation by like the narrowest of margins. And then you're playing Man City right off the bat. I'm thinking, okay, thank God. And of course we beat Sheffield United and even that was kind of not the prettiest result of course and that just kind of led us on to where we are now but yeah I I think even with myself like you kind of have to edge us into Manchester City's favor I mean it's unpredictable like it depends who's available who's not available do they come out somehow flying does this break somehow help players like Ross Barkley who feels like we haven't seen in about 20 years um because of hamstring issues that keep on happening and is Jack Realish fine or is our defense fine so there's a lot of questions on our end but if you were going to give a score prediction for this one and of course you guys as of last night we're recording this on Monday you guys will hear this on a Tuesday you guys did a pretty good job in number on Crystal Palace, I'd say. It was some very nice finishes, to say the least. John Stones, funnily enough, scoring twice. Very much appreciated with my fantasy league, I must say. But what's your <laughs> am score I, Am I the only one who didn't pick John Stones this week? Am I, 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 I thought Cancelo would be the one to pick because he's looked like getting assists and uh, fancies a shot from range every now and then in the last few weeks. And I thought, City, clean sheets. They're doing all right defensively at the moment. Cancelo's the one. And then I look at everybody's team today and they've all got John Stones. 21 points and I'm like who who well, did I miss this meeting you know <laughs> um score prediction uh I on blue moon I went for uh 2-0 because I think uh I, I don't think City are a special uh, you know Palace aside I don't think City are f- quite in in top gear uh offensively yet uh, I do think City have been really really good defensively at the moment and I, I think the I, I think the chances of them keeping a clean sheet are, are, are pretty good um you mentioned, well, I mentioned Stones and Diaz before. You mentioned Stones there. Uh, Stones isn't in the team for his goal scoring prowess. He's in the team because he's been playing really well out from the back and he's, he's been uh, really solid with uh, Ruben Diaz. 
together they've been covering each other really well, communicating really well. And it almost doesn't really matter who the fullbacks have been either side of them because City have still been, you know, fairly strong defensively. That said, now they'll probably chuck a couple into their own net at some point in this <laughs> in this game. Now that I've, I've banked the mortgage on them uh, on them doing that, um, but but you know this is this City defense is is the best, certainly the best I've felt going into games since. Oh, Roberto Mancini's time with with Lescott and, and company uh, as, as the two centre backs, possibly even better than that at the, at the time as well. Um, and they're kind of, you know, Palace game aside, they've kind of been grinding out results where they've needed to. They've not been especially pretty going forward, um, but they have. They've been able to get one or two goals. So I kind of fancied a, a you know a, a two nil for this one. Well, it's more than fair. And actually, I appreciate the honesty because you will, like I said before recording, you will get some people that'll come on here and they'll be so nice. And I'm thinking, you don't have to be nice. Just be honest. There's no point in me, in me sitting here saying, oh, well, you know, I think Villa might Villa might nick it because... Oh, exactly. This. Because like the chances are Villa aren't going to nick it, but there is always a chance that it could happen. It could be it could be one of those weeks where City don't turn up and, and, and miss their open goals from three yards and Villa score everything that they that, that they that they create and suddenly it's a you know it's a two-nil Villa win instead. Wolves did it a few uh you know 18 months ago at the Etihad. Um so it's like it's I'm I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that City will definitely win. I'm just playing the balance of probability that, that you know it's 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 the season so far and you know Villa have had COVID problems which is really really playing into City's hands right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's it like it's so hard to call, and I mean, I, every time I feel like we go to the Eddie Had, we get absolutely battered. And I just think of last season, and that was one game where I'm just sitting there in, well, in bed because I think it was an early kickoff, going, "Oh God, this is going to be a long <laughs> 90 minutes." And of course, you guys are going to dominate possession. I expect that, and all that kind of stuff. If any hope for a lot of teams is hopefully hit you guys on the break and have something i think honestly i can't remember the last time villa actually beat city and i think it was the three two maybe at villa park like yeah i think six years um, ago seven years ago now yeah i think it was uh, i think it was pellegrini's first city season because we couldn't we couldn't buy a win away from home in the start of the season we lost to i think we lost to cardiff drew with Stoke, and then lost at villa park um yeah, and I mean, we we went on to win the title that year, but it, it was one that um, we we needed favors from elsewhere to be able to go and do it in the end. Yeah, it's like I, I had that as my screensaver for ages. That's when I actually thought Villa were going to somehow become good for a bit. And of course, we saw what happened in the years to come. But um, <laughs> you know what? I'll go. I'm going to go three one city. I, I just I can't see us getting anything here. I think there's going to be a lot of rust to kind of wear off of these players. And to be honest, I just like I said before a few times, I don't know what kind of lineup we're going to have. And until Dean Smith and the club says more, or maybe we won't know until the lineup's kind of confirmed to get a better sense of what is what, but that's what I'm going to go with. But David, so much think, wow, if I can say that correctly, thank you so much <laughs> for joining me. Uh, if you'd be so kind, uh, feel free to plug in of your socials now. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm not very imaginative. So I'm just at David Mooney on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, and if you want to follow the podcast, it's uh, at Blue Moon Podcast again because I couldn't think of anything else. Fair enough. That's that's simple. Like, there's a lot of people that will try to make like fancy jazzy podcast names, and then you'll just get people that be like Villa Podcast yeah. or yeah, Man this, City that's Podcast. It. Boom. Exactly. Yeah. It's easy. Get to it, find. Get in. Get out. Get the job yeah. done. That's and it. to yeah. be honest, the thing I like about that, it's easier to find for people that aren't even meaning to find it. So maybe they just stumble upon <laughs> and go, "This is brilliant." That's what everyone hopes for when they make content. But anyways, yeah. guys, there is there's actually there's um, just before we finish, there's yeah, there's sure. a late there was there's a former Leighton Orient player. 
uh, called David Mooney, who um, wasn't on Twitter when I joined, because I mean, obviously I, I joined in 2008, so I, I, I must have been one of the first uh, users of it. I was definitely the first David Mooney because I got the username. Um, and uh, ever since, every, every kind of 18 months since uh, David Mooney was at Leighton Orient, I get a couple of Leighton Orient fans that follow for a few for a few months and then realise <laughs> that I'm not him and then unfollow again. Oh, you should change your profile picture too. That'd be brilliant. (laughs) All good fun. All good fun. But anyways, uh, thanks so much to David for joining me. Of course, we'll leave it at that. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at TalkAstonVilla. You can follow the Holt or the Holt 7500 to Holt team, I should say, at 7500 to Holt. Email HoltCast at gmail.com. We'll leave there, as I said, hopefully a nice result for Villa. I I just, I'm not feeling too optimistic. But anyways, uh, the Villa. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.